This is the Mike Lupica Podcast. This podcast is great because your enthusiasms, it's why we've all been reading you for so long. This is a great vehicle for you to actually get to in a long-form way, explore those enthusiasms, sometimes with the perspective of an additional 10 or 20 years. Thanks for doing this today, pal. My pleasure. Thanks for having me. Thanks for having the me. fun of this is, I just talk to guys that I want to talk to. That's what, to me, is such a blast about listening to your show. First of all, the first time I ever saw Bernie on television, I started to talk like him <laughs> as I was watching him. <laughs> Can you imagine a great Michael Jordan saying, hey, you know what? We can't beat the Pistons. Let me go join them. The essence of sports is about competition. In your face questions. How much of a dope is he? Compelling. A billion dollar industry, the biggest we've ever had in sports in this country, often comes down to a flip of the coin. This is the Mike Lupica Podcast. Here's Mike Lupica. Mike Lupica. Hello, and thanks for joining us on the Mike Lupica Podcast. Today's guest is one of the best-selling authors on the planet and one of the most gifted. Michael Conley's latest book is The Night Fire, and once again, Renee Ballard and Harry Bosch come together. Mickey Holler, the Lincoln lawyer, is in there, too. And, And again, we're always excited. He's on his book tour. The book just came out on Tuesday. We're always excited to have Michael, but before we get started, a word from our sponsor, Geico. Everybody's got a to-do list. Drop off the dry cleaning, pick up some milk. Here's an idea. Let's add, save hundreds of dollars on car insurance. And the good thing is you don't have to drop off or pick up anything. All you have to do is go to geico.com and in 15 minutes, you could be saving 15% or more on car insurance. Extra money in your pocket? It just may be the most rewarding to do you do today. Welcome back to the Mike Lupica podcast. And um, anybody who has read my newspaper column or listens to this podcast knows that I am an outrageous Michael Conley fanboy. Um, he is he is one of the most prolific and gifted writers working in any genre right now, anywhere in, in the world. Um, he is his most notable for his books about um, an L.A. cop named Harry Bosch. And if if you're not watching the Amazon series Bosch, then then you're missing something that's truly fine. His latest book came out this past Tuesday. It is called The Night Fire, and it reunites Bosch and, and a cop that that Michael has now sprung from his imagination named Renee Ballard. And um, I, I, I will begin this by saying, and I think I've said this to you before, to quote one of your heroes, you write so good you'd make a bishop want to kick a hole in a church window. That's what Chandler wrote, and, and that's what I believe. Good morning, Mr. Conley. Uh, good morning. That's uh, I'll take that, kick a hole in a church window. I'll take it. Appreciate so, Michael... I'm, I'm, you know, I, I'm gonna let you talk more about the Night Fire, which you know, every time it's getting boring because every time you write one of these, I say I think it's your best book. I think it's your best book because not only do you have Renee and Bosch, but you've got Mickey Haller in here, and you've got all these balls in the air, and it, of course, you, you, you somehow make it work. I, 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 I was underlining. I was flying back from Europe the other day, and I'm underlining in the book as I'm finishing it, and I went back to a line. On, on, on page 48, and it's, it's, it's from Ballard's mind and her point of view, and you describe her as being both an insider and an outsider. And to me, it's a perfect description of where Bosch is now and almost like a literary destiny brought these two characters together. Um, I think that's a good take on it. Um, one of the things I want to just say real quick when you introduced me and you said, 
Renee sprung from my imagination. I have to say, unlike Bosch, who I would take that for, and where Bosch comes from many, many different influences, Renee was really inspired by one real detective, a woman who helps me with my books, and then uh, obviously is really helpful to me in, with Renee, and that's a detective with the LAPD. So I, it's, she, is, she, as in Renee, is very much based on uh, Detective Roberts. So I just want and to- you've made Mitzi, Mitzi Roberts has become a celebrity in her own right, hasn't she, Michael? Well, she's gotten some attention, but I have to say it's not just because of me. Um, I don't know if you pay attention to serial killer news, but this guy, Sam Little, 60 Minutes, did something on last Sunday. Um, the FBI announced he's the most, most prolific known serial killer of all time. Well, Missy Roberts caught him five years ago. He's in jail because of her. And he's confessing now, and he's becoming notorious, and um, a Texas Ranger who's getting him to confess is getting a lot of credit for that. But someone had to put that guy in jail with no hope of ever getting out, and that was Missy Roberts. So she's getting a lot of well-deserved attention for that as well. And you reference her in it. So so um, Renee, who is based on her, references Mitzi and that case in the Nightfire. Yeah, it's a little uh, circle there, but uh, you know, I wanted to give credit where credit is due. Um, but but going back to what you said about an outsider and an insider, yeah, both of that's a connecting point between these two characters. They're obviously insiders. They carry badges and they carry guns and they represent the state and the you know, I should say the mighty state and all the resources. You can't get more insider than that. But over the years, and I know Bosch is retired now, but over the years they've never felt comfortable with that mantle. So they still kind of feel like they're on the outside looking in, and that's the balance I try to strike in both of these characters. Um, and that's also why I think they see each other and know, hey, we can work together, we can get some stuff done. Michael, you know, I, I've, I've read some of the interviews you've done for, for the publication of uh, the, the Night Fire, and, and you had a great description of, of what it's like um, for, for Bosch, the TV series, because you're the guy who invented the character and, and wrote the books, and you, you described yourself as like being the mayor of a little town. So discuss that for a second, because I love the way you describe the crew, the cast, the, the producers, everybody. You're the mayor of that little town. Yeah, I'm, I'm, well, I guess the mayor would be in charge, but I'm not really in charge, but um, a lot of people defer to me because I wrote the books, and I am involved in the show. But, you know, you see one side of it when you watch the show and you see all the actors, but there's more than 150 people on the other side of the cameras putting that together. And um, we created an environment on the show where everyone comes back. Um, so about 90% of the people working, we're right now we're filming the sixth season, about 90% of the people um, working on that show were there for the first season, and they didn't go on to other jobs and so forth. And so it's really created a, uh, a real bond among people, and so I, it does feel like a little town that you go to, and uh, you know, people always nod to me because they think I'm the mayor. Um, you know, and so it's just been a fun experience. And, and as you know from writing books, you know, when you write a book, you're, it's you against the machine, you against your laptop or whatever you write on in a room by yourself, and no one can really help you. And, and so when you go from that to a show where there's 250 people involved, including all the actors and everything, and everyone's contributing, and everyone wants to make something good and memorable, 
it's it's a great counterpoint in my life. So I, the last six years that I've been working on it have just been fantastic. Michael, I only had the experience once in my life. I wrote a TV movie for CBS based on one of my old mysteries. And I can remember the first day of shooting. A, a, there was a murder scene at Central Park at the reservoir. And I'm looking around at all these people. I didn't feel like the mayor. I felt like an alderman, like maybe even a crooked alderman, you know, but thinking, Okay, this is what can happen after you sit alone in a room for six months and write a book. Yeah, I mean it's it's a little surreal. I mean, and I haven't. I mean, this is the TV show. I think there's a big difference between TV and films. I've had a couple films made where um, it was very controlled as to when I could come and watch and <laughs> what I got to watch and so forth. Um, and and I have just felt that the TV situation is quite different. When I wanted to ask you because the, the the show is so fine and it's so well written and it's so well acted and it is so true to the spirit of the books has has the show, I might ask you this before has the show affected the way you write Bosch now in books? Yeah, it has. Um, so you know, I was involved in this um, from the beginning. I wasn't the showrunner, the creative boss of a show is called the showrunner um and he said what we need to do i mean he's very familiar with the books and he knew the books are primarily the world through harry Bosch's eyes so you right. know what he's thinking and so forth um or what he ch- share, uh, chooses to share with you about what he's thinking he says we have to f- spread the story out um it's just a law of physics we can't have Bosch in every scene of a tv show because will kill the poor guy who we cast as Bosch because these are long days and long weeks of shooting. Um, and so we have to create more story for Edgar and more story for the lieutenant and all of that down the line. And so that's what we've done. I think we've done it really well. And that I've carried that into my book. So the book that you just read, The Nightfire, Bosch doesn't carry the whole narrative. Ballard carries at least half of it. And so it's I think that is a direct result of sitting in the writing room at Bosch and spreading the story out for the show. Now I'm kind of doing it in my books. You told me the last time we spoke that Mickey was going to be in this book. And by God, he, he not only is in there, but he's in there early. And it's 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 a very it, it's a cool lane. It's like a th- there's, it's like a three lane highway, Michael. And, 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 and I I'm never disappointed when when he's in the story. Um, me neither, and I, you know, I miss that guy. So I, I wanted to find a way for him to get in here, and I, I just like the idea of, um, you know, right now I'm kind of juggling three main characters, and um, to get a book that has them all in it in whatever capacity is is a fun ride for me. Um, but I think next year I'm going to do a book that's just totally a Mickey Haller book because I, because it's been a while since I've done that, and and he deserves it. Yeah, it's kind of fun. I, I, I'm, I've got the luxury now of moving characters from, uh, it, from one book to another, and, and it's kind of fun. I saw something in one of the reviews, and I, 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 I'm going to think that maybe it was because I did so much begging the last time we spoke. Um, you are bringing back um, your newspaper alter ego, not Mitzi, your newspaper alter ego, Jack McAvoy. Is that, uh, is that true? Yeah, that's true. Um, yeah, I'm uh, more than halfway into a book about him, and I hadn't written about him in 10 years. So um, a lot has changed in the journalism business. And in those Oh, really? I hadn't noticed, Mike. 
Hey, I should probably research this with you. <laughs> it's a different world, and, you know, it's, it's always good to take a temperature reading through Jack of how the world has changed. And I'm having, I'm having fun with that, this book, but at the same time, I'm writing about, you know, a, 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 um, the media under fire um, from a, a big quadrant of the, uh, of the world um, under, under difficult financial circumstances. All these kind of things are, are all part. In the meantime, he's chasing a story. You know, I'm talking to the great Michael Conley on the Mike Lupica podcast. His new book is called The Night Fire, and he gets tired of me saying all the time that it's his best book, but it, it, because it, it, that, like, it, it's not diminishing his other books. But what, what I love about what you've done is you've continued to test yourself. You have continued to think outside the box. You came up with Renee Ballard, and now you're going back to, I'm telling you, again, anybody's ever read me or, or knows what a fanboy I am. I love the character of, of Jack McAvoy, even though he scared the crap out of me in the two books he, he was in. So I will just ask you this. I don't want you to cop off of your new book, but where's he working in this new book? Uh, he's working for a website. Uh, oh, he is. It, it, interesting enough, he's working for a website, website that really exists that does um, investigative consumer reporting and you know it's basically consumer protection because the government does uh, you know is in all involved in deregulating and things like that and there's not a lot of people looking out for the little guy with consumer products and so forth so i'm a director of the board of a website called fair warning that has a lot of seasons um, reporters that work for the LA Times and so forth uh, and other newspapers over the years and they um, are on this website and they do a fabulous job and so I got permission from the board to use this real website for what Jack McAvoy is working um, in, in this novel I'm writing. Yeah, I mean, I, I, for anybody who doesn't know, but anybody who's a fan of Michael Connolly's work knows he is, he comes out of the newspaper business. He was a fine crime reporter, um, most notably at the Los Angeles Times. And, and Michael, you split time now between Florida and, and Los Angeles. And, the Times is kind of hanging in there under its current management and current ownership. And even in, you know, in, 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 in Tampa, it seems like the newspaper business is doing as, as well as it can. Um, you know, my paper, The Daily News in New York, is, is greatly diminished. So I have a feeling that a, a lot of what you think and feel about the world now and the world that it was in newspapers will be expressed in, 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 in this book, whether he's working for a website or not. Oh, yeah, definitely. And, um, you know, if you spend some time in the business and you love it and you also know the value of it, you can't help but, um, you know, be sad by you know, the New York Daily News being diminished, diminished, uh, the L.A. Times being diminished. You know, as you say, there's there's room for hope in L.A. because of recent changes, but still, it's not what it was, you know. Michael Conley is our guest on the Mike Lubica podcast. More of our conversation right after this from Circle. As a parent, we know kids face a million, and I mean a million, online distractions. Fortnite, Snapchat, Instagram, TikTok, YouTube, the list goes on and on and on circle makes it easy to take childhood offline when needed so they can focus on homework chores or just bedtime 
Are your kids buying apps they shouldn't, signing up for social networks they're too young for? With Circle, you can rest easy knowing that they're safe inside the guidelines you set. Mike Lubica here, and Circle is changing the way parents can monitor their family's online access. With Circle Home Plus and the Circle app, parents can filter what content is allowed, set limits for screen time, and monitor history and usage. Hey, you never stop worrying about your kids, but with Circle, you know you have one less thing to worry about. Right now, our listeners get $30 off Circle Home Plus when you visit meetcircle.com slash Lupica and enter Lupica at checkout. Get $30 off when you visit meetcircle.com slash Lupica and enter Lupica at checkout. That's meetcircle.com slash Lupica and enter Lupica to save 30 bucks. Michael, um, when, when, when I look at Nightfire, and again, I'm always reluctant... <laughs> to start babbling about the, the, the plot. Um, but again, there's three things going on. Um, Renee, we, we first see Renee with, with the uh, uh, homeless person burns to death. But, but the, 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 the thing that drives this book and drives it so brilliantly, and again, I don't want to talk too much about it because again, the book's only been out a couple of days, is a murder book that belongs to one of Harry's mentors. And if there's anything that's the MacGuffin in the night fire, it's, it's this particular murder book. Yeah. I mean, this is not a spoiler. This is stuff that develops pretty quickly as you get into the book. In fact, right, it opens right. with Bosch going to the funeral of his mentor. And basically he goes back to the house to, where they're having a celebration afterwards. And, and the mentor's widow says, I basically, I found this in my husband's desk home desk when i was going through his things and it was a murder book that um the guy's name is thompson thompson must have taken this when he retired 20 years before and it wasn't even his case so there's a there's a double mystery one is why did he take this the second one is it's an unsolved case who who committed the murder right and it's just so tantalizing he takes it to ballard and then they're kind of off to the races and 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 the great thing about um, Bosch and and Ballard is she's a much younger woman, obviously than than Harry is. But they are in. It's like they have the same cop soul, Michael. And so right away, as she starts to go through the murder book, she finds all the holes in it that 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 Bosch finds. Right. Yeah, I mean, they're, they're kindred souls, and, you know, and they both have that fire. I mean, the book's called The Night Fire, so I think that references Ballard more than Bosch, since she works, you know, through the nights. But um, that's what Bosch saw in her, that she has this ability to build a fire around the case and, you know, make it personal, whether it is or not. And that's what you need to drive yourself forward to, to do what you need to do to solve a case. Um, Bosch recognized that last book. Um, Dark Sacred Night, and and so that this relationship continues. I mean, it's totally professional. They're about solving cases, and they know little about each other's life outside of the the work. Um, but it's 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 a growing relationship of respect and and not and knowledge on Bosch's part that hey, I can't do this too much longer, but I know there's somebody who's going to continue my mission when I can't. And a reminder that today's episode of the Mike Lupica podcast with best-selling author Michael Conley is being sponsored by Kronos. 
Kronos knows that many organizations maintaining a modern workforce of hourly, full, and part-time workers, for them, it can be a challenge. This is especially true for human resources professionals working hard to attract and retain all the best talent. That's why Kronos puts HR, payroll, talent, and timekeeping on a single cloud-based platform. It's one specially designed to give HR professionals supporting a blended workforce a whole new level of confidence. With it, they have everything they need to tackle nearly any human resources challenge and are empowered to not just find and hire the right people, but to engage, motivate, and reward them every single step of the way. Learn more about Kronos HR solutions for the modern workforce and the people who support them because Kronos is at heart a people business at Kronos.com slash HR swagger. Kronos workforce innovation that works. You know, Michael, it's it's interesting that it, it, Renee, for anybody who's followed uh, these characters and 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 I, I, I can't always assume that they follow them as passionately as I have. She she kind of and this isn't specifically correct, but it's she gets me too out of a, a, a more promising career. OK, because she reports sexual harassment. And it was inter- I was wondering when we got to this book, if she'd still be working the late show. Because that's the first book that we saw it, but but you've kept her there. Yeah, I mean, she got punished for doing the right thing, you know, which it often happens in that situation of, of uh, sexual harassment. And they put her out to um, the late show, the midnight shift, hoping it would drive her out of the department. And there's the uh, end of our problem with her. But instead, it's, the books have been about her finding this is where I should be. This is where I can do what I want to do as a detective, and I can get things done, and I'll be under the radar of these people that are nine-to-fivers for the most part. I mean, in, in the night fire, her nemesis ends up having a pretty big part, but right, right. she works to get the upper hand over him. And and when it's not again, Bosch has too much respect for Renee to ever think of it this way. But in in a way, he's not only he not only needs her, but he's using her because she is on the inside, and and he's not there anymore. Yeah, I mean, to me, maybe I'm speaking as Harry. It's it's a perfect relationship because she is a badge, he doesn't. Uh, he can do things she can't do, and she can access things and do things that he can't. So there's there's definitely that for sure. It's not like, um, I mean, it's definitely he says, I need stuff because I'm going to continue my mission for as long as I can, and I'm going to need some help, and this person can, can bring it to me. And um, she has the same mindset as me uh, as, a, you know, as a big bonus. Michael, what are the challenges? I've talked to Ian Rankin about this, too. What are the challenges of you aging Harry in real time? Well, the biggest one is, um, you know, running out of time. I mean, I guess note to self, next time don't, you know, create a protagonist that is older than yourself. Because <laughs> you might end up like me. Um, and that's why probably I made Ballard many years younger than me. Um, so I'm going to outlast her. But the, the truth, the reality is, you know, Bosch won't outlast me. And, um, you know, that's part of why I created um, Ballard, because 
someone's got to carry the mission or, or, you know, he's got to pass the baton at some point. Right now, I'm savoring how these two work together. So there's no, I'm not saying like this is the last book. I'm not, it's, hopefully it's not remotely the last book. But, um, you know, uh, I, as you have mentioned, I'm an old journalist. I, I deal in reality. I know these books are fiction, but I want them to be as real as possible. So there's going to be a point that it's not really believable that Harry is doing this unless he's just a mentor sitting in a wheelchair taking phone calls from Renee Ballard or his daughter or somebody. So I'm not saying we'll ever see the end of Bosch. I hope we don't, but, but things definitely have to change. And, and that's me. It's, it's a wall, basically. So it's not really a challenge. I know it's there. I'll hit the wall at some point with this character, and then that will be a tough day or a tough decision. But otherwise, you know, it's not, you know, uh, I'm not going to get into him here because it's somewhat of a spoiler, but Harry has health challenges in this book. Yeah, and, yeah. and I'm trying to reflect um, real life, you know. Um, I'm, a, I'm younger than Harry, and I have knee issues. So, you know, when we meet Harry in this book, he's walking with a cane because he just had a knee replacement. That's what you can expect of somebody who's 69 years old. And so I just have to, you know not make him a superhero. I always got to remember how old he is and that this is a real story. And, um, you know, he doesn't have a cape or anything like that. He has to be real. It was always kind of inevitable that Mickey and Harry, obviously they're half brothers, uh, would end up together. Did you always know when you, when, when you, you know, again, modeled the character of Renee after Mitzi that you would, that Bosch and her would end up uh, to get together when you started, when you started uh, the late show? I, I had that idea, and that's the first time I did. I mean, it all came out of what we just were talking about and uh, knowing that, that wall was out there with Bosch. And, you know, I had set things up earlier in the series where, you know, he has a daughter. His daughter talks about going into law enforcement. But again, it's that journalism gene in me that ruins things. <laughs> uh, you know, <laughs> yeah. I, his daughter's just not old enough. You got to write a book that people want to wade through for 400 pages. You got to have people that are good at their work who are. They have world experiences and can say interesting things or think interesting things. And Harry's daughter is just not old enough yet. And so I needed to do something sooner than wait around for her. And, uh, you know, very luckily, Detective Missy Roberts happened to start telling me one day about the years she spent on the midnight shift. And I suddenly knew this was the way. I could create somebody who works the midnight shift at the same place where Bosch works or worked, and they would eventually connect. So that was a little bit of a plan from the beginning. You know, it's so funny. Whether I'm off giving a speech or talking about the kids' books or now being back in the world of mysteries, people always ask you about your output and i'm saying if you come out of newspapers you you're used to working every day okay and and you know i mean i wrote four columns a week i'm i'm, I'm writing i'm still writing three columns a week and but i wrote four columns a week for a thousand years and 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 i always tell people that four or five pages a day does, it never feels like a lot of work to me because that was the average length of of my column there's no greater discipline if you do want to become a novelist then then coming out of the newspaper business don't you agree yeah i mean i'm going to use that phrase no greater discipline yeah i think you're absolutely right i mean people 
you know, stare in wide wonder at me, like, how do you do that? And it's like, I, I have this easy compared to when I was working in a newspaper. <laughs> right. You know, I was working in the paper business when it was flush, and there'd be multiple editions a day, and I'd have to update crime stories like six, seven times a day sometimes. It was, it was, and, and then you had the pressure of being accurate, you know. Um, I'm writing fiction now, and I basically have one deadline a year, um, you know, that I beat every, every book. I've never missed a deadline. It's just so easy compared to the training ground of journalism. You know, we have a we have a mutual friend whose whose talent I am in awe of, and that is Joe E. Day, who is also working um, L.A. stories. Michael, he's just uh, I hate to get off Nightfire for one second, but he is just brilliant. He is. I mean, you say we have a mutual friend. I haven't yet. To, I've met him very briefly. I'd like to get to know him better, but I know him through his books, and and they're just great. It's a, it's a great new voice. I know he's lived a long time and and been in writing for a long time, but his his books, um, his IQ books, are you know just new on the scene in the last few years. And um, it, you know, it's a powerful voice about L.A. and a powerful voice in uh, crime fiction. Michael. When 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 I look at the TV series and I don't you know, I, I Elmore Leonard used to tell me all the time that he just he didn't have a lot of physical description. He let the reader figure out what they thought the characters look like. But now now with Titus playing Titus Welver playing a Bosch on, on television, you, you look at it and you say, oh, yeah, OK, yeah, he's he's Harry Bosch. And as much as Bosch has been, you know, a life changing character for you this has been a career altering part for titus welliver who's just so brilliant in bosch yeah i mean he's fantastic as bosch um you're right i'd never really described bosch very much over the book no I had, I had something in my head and also the guy i'm writing about in my books is much older than than titus so in terms of the books, I don't see Titus, but in terms of the show, there could be no one better than Titus. And, you know, it's, it's like you said, this, he, he was, uh, you know, he's a character actor who's banged around New York and L.A. for 30-some years till he got his first lead as Harry Bosch. And he's not going to mess it up. He cherishes it. He's so professional. He's automatic when we're filming. You know, we don't. He doesn't mess up lines. It's amazing to watch him work and his dedication to this role. Uh, the new book from Michael Conley, uh, which I'll be shocked if it's one, not another number one bestseller for him. It's called The Night Fire. It came out the, the previous Tuesday. I, I don't want you to, get, Mike. I don't want you to get ahead of your skis here. But what what are the? Um, does Hollywood have any plans for Ms. Ballard? Um, I'm in the process of trying to give Hollywood plans. Uh, I, I, me and a partner who is a writer on Bosch um, named Nell Johnson, and then Mitzi Roberts, the detective who originated this. The three of us wrote a couple scripts based on um, the Late Show, the first book, and we're actively putting them out into Hollywood now and seeing if we can get something going with her. Best-selling author Michael Conley, whose new book, The Night Fire, is just out. He's our guest on the Mike Lubica podcast. More with Michael in a moment. But first... 
this from Geico. Okay, this is a 30-second commercial, and I'm going to throw a lot of numbers at you, but please stay with me, because if, if it doesn't confuse me, it's not going to confuse you. In just 15 minutes, you could save 15% or more on car insurance. This company has been offering great rates and great service for over 75 years. And anytime you need help, you can speak to one of their trained specialists 24-7. The company, of course, is Geico. Go to geico.com today. Sorry for all the numbers. And in 5, 4, 3, 2, 1. Oh, damn it. I'm out of time. By the way, I, I think out of my complete and total respect um, for you, you see how long we are into this podcast, and I haven't even brought up what happened to the Dodgers. Oh, I thought you were just giving me a break. <laughs> that is tough. That was tough. Um, but, you know, I've kind of become, uh, I, I, I don't know if you date your podcast, um, but, you know, last night I did a book signing um, in New Hampshire, but I got to see the uh i think it was the seventh inning of the oh, the blowout the blowout inning yeah i got back to the hotel in time to see that and you know i'm on board with the nationals i know they uh embarrassed the dodgers but um in some ways the dodgers embarrassed themselves and uh, let something go that they should have had but um you know it's tough but it's it, but you move on so suddenly i'm hoping the nationals win the world series there's such a great story michael i, I, I don't want to turn this into an inside baseball but michael's a big uh he's a, a baseball fan and his hockey is your hockey team still the tampa bay lightning uh, yes yeah i like them okay so it, the the nationals are such um uh evidence of the long season of baseball after 50 games they're 12 games under 500 and everybody's saying trade this guy do this guy get ready for next year i just wrote a column about their general manager and i said no he decided that next year was this year and ever since that time they have turned into strasburg said the other day he had a great line he said sometimes you run into a buzzsaw at this time of year and maybe the buzzsaw is us that's cool and think about what they might have a chance to do michael they have a chance to knock off a team that won 107 games after knocking off a Dodgers team that won 106 during the regular season. Yeah, it's an amazing story. And what have they won now? Nine in a row or eight in a eight, row? Eight, eight in a row since they were down two games to one to the Dodgers. By the way, I am from New Hampshire. I grew up about an hour from Portsmouth. My po my folks still live in Nashville, New Hampshire. I hope you had a good... You, you're up in the theater up there, right? Yeah, it was pretty amazing. I've never been there before. It was very nice. We're talking to Michael Conley. The new book is called The Night Fire. Um, and, and I do believe that I, I, I'm hoping that my begging uh, is what is bringing back Jack McAvoy, even though I think I yelled at you last time because I, 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 I had been late getting to the scarecrow. And it just scared the living crap out of me. But he's such an interesting character, Michael, because, you know, he, he out of all of them, he's more you than anybody else. So the, that character to me is fascinating because it's obviously so personal for you. Yeah, I mean, it's weird because I haven't been a real journalist, you know, at a newspaper in 25 years. But at heart, that's what I feel like I am. And, you know, it's kind of like saying I didn't create Mitzi. I mean, uh, Ballard from my head, I, you know, I, I was a reporter. I took something and I uh, researched it and talked to people. And then that's where that character came from. So I've always been working like a journalist as I've been writing these books. And so um, it's a love-hate thing. I, I'd rather write about 
people different from me. That's probably why I haven't written about Jack McAvoy in a long time, or there's big spaces between writing about him. Because it's not as much fun to write about yourself, because he, he definitely is a character that I don't have to step back and go, what would Harry Bosch do here, or what would Ballard say here? I just write what I would do and what I would say, and so it's usually a pretty quick write. Um, but but he definitely, even though I, as I'm, I'm rambling here, but even though I haven't really been a journalist in 25 years, I do feel like I'm writing about myself as a journalist right now. So it's been uh, fun. I'm almost finished with this book, and it's been a fun write. I'm talking to the great Michael Conley on the Mike Lubica podcast, and he is very generous in the middle of a book tour to take time to talk to me today. Michael, you always say that you get rolling when you know how the story is going to end. Did you know how all of And again, I, 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 I always have to pull back because I don't want to spoil anything because this book is so great. Did you know how everything was going to end in this one? No, because there's, as you mentioned, there's a lot of stuff going on. A lot of <laughs> yeah, balls. you got a lot of balls in the air. Yeah. The I, what I started with, and I actually thought this would run through the whole book, was the Mickey Haller story. This, the the case he's involved in with the, the judge, Bosch, with the judge getting shot, right? Bosch gets drawn into that. I thought was the whole book, and then things got out of hand. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Every time, every time you you see that Bosch is walking into a courtroom, you know that hey, the Mickey's going to be in there, and you want to say, "Listen, if you if you got an old murder, you got to don't go in there now because once yeah. once you sit down, Mickey's going to suck you into this." And that's what happened. Um, yeah, so the, it was a little bit. Um, it's a pretty complex book, maybe possibly the most complex I've written. But I really only had one light at the end of the tunnel, and I probably needed three or four. When when you tell me that you're you're halfway through this book, I I, I, I are we going to have a Conley book in 2020? Yeah, we're probably gonna have two. Oh, really? I'll yeah, I'll finish this book right after Christmas. And the plans are to, the, the, I, I can't tell you the title because I don't have a title yet, but um, it will come to me before I finish writing. But um, the McAvoy book will probably come out in May. And then, you know, I, I always have a fall slot. Um, so I think I'll do a Lincoln Lawyer, uh, Mickey Haller book for the fall. When when it's busy, so that so so the 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 finishing of of the McAvoy book and and it coming out so the, the, obviously it's it's incumbent upon your publisher to get these books out that that's a pretty not a fast turnaround but the, but there's you know you know then that you have to you have to be done by the end of the year pretty much yeah I promised them I would um, it's not going to be a problem. You know? And they're shooting in, in the season six is shooting as we're having this conversation while you're off selling books. Yeah. Yeah. I had to take a, a sabbatical from the show. Um, I did write the last episode of the season and it was the first script I've written, I think in three seasons. So it was kind of cool to get my hand back into that. It's a very cool uh, ensemble, Michael. It's it and it, it, it you know it, it just seems to me you never know which is an outsider. I'm just a fan of the show, but it it seems to me to be a pretty cool family you got going on with Bosch. Yeah, I mean it's 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 very cool, and we're all very close. And you know, shows 
don't last as long as we do, so we often know, like, boy, I hope this is not the last season. Boy, we hope we get another one and another one after that, and we'll have to see. But I think we all get tighter as we know we're further out, you know, on the wire um, doing a sixth season. Uh, a couple of inside baseball questions, not actually about baseball. Are you a morning writer? Yeah, definitely. Um, I, I try to get up really early and uh, get a lot done before, like, the uh, the world wakes up. Well, Michael, listen, again, Nightfire is just it's it's just a, a, a great read. I, again, I, 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 I love these characters, but I, I love the way you are able to, again, have these balls in the air and pull everything uh, together at, at the end. Um, no one could ever accuse you of ever resting on your laurels. You, you, you get better with age and with time. And um, I, I, I love having this access to you when a book comes out, because, again, I um even though uh, uh, I was lucky enough to get a galley, now that I'm back in the United States, I'm going, as soon as I finish today, I'm going over to buy a copy of The, uh, the, oh. the Night Fire. Uh, continued success, my friend. It's I, I, I'm a great, great admirer of yours. Well, thanks very much. And I um, can't tell you how much your interest in this uh, means to me. And I'm glad we have these conversations. And hopefully in uh, six or seven months, we can talk about Jack McAvoy. I, I, I hope so. The great Michael Conley on, on the Mike Lubiga podcast. Again, I'm, I'm very lucky to be able to do this because he, I, I get to talk to who I want to talk about. Continue to download, subscribe, Spotify, Stitcher, Pandora, Apple Podcasts. Leave a comment. Give us a rating. And uh, I'll talk to you next week, everybody. The Mike Lubiga podcast is produced and distributed by Compass Media Networks in conjunction with Hiltzik Creative. For iPhone users, go to the podcast app and search the Mike Lupica podcast. Click on the Mike Lupica podcast icon and subscribe. For non-iPhone users, you can listen on Google Play Music, TuneIn, Stitcher, or your preferred podcast platform.